What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. Today, I'd like to discuss assessments and specifically length tension relationship tests. So, if you've ever been uh, either injured or had some sort of nagging pain and gone to uh, either a healthcare professional or asked a coach or if you're a youth athlete oftentimes you'll just ask a parent and across the board when something hurts the first thing that's recommended is say it with me stretching right hey coach my calf hurts have you tried stretching it hey coach my quad hurts well you should probably stretch that out um i see it all the time and The reason that that's the case is more often than not, when a muscle hurts or when you feel tension, the issue is the muscle's in an excessively shortened state, right? So it's overly facilitated from a a neurological perspective. There's the signal going to those muscle fibers saying, hey, you you need to be shortened. You need to be contracted Um, or maybe the signal to relax is like just not able to get there so if we're talking about extreme fatigue extreme neuromuscular fatigue sometimes that that relax signal is just getting lost along the way because that the signal from uh, from the brain via the nervous system to that uh, to that muscle itself switches back and forth between an electrical signal and a chemical signal and and every neuron um, that signal gets switched back and forth okay so sometimes these muscles just lock up they get short so what helps return that muscle to an optimal length stretching so we all have an some understanding a basic idea that muscles should probably be at a certain length. And when it comes to talking about the length of a muscle, you can't you can't exactly change the length of a muscle because the length of a muscle is determined based off where it originates and where it inserts. Okay? So your quad, your rectus femoris for example, it attaches to your anterior superior iliac spine and it runs straight down the front of your thigh and goes right into your quadriceps tendon, which ties into your patellar tendon, which attaches to the front of your shin, to your tibial tuberosity. So you can't change the length of that muscle per se, because where it attaches on both ends, you can't change, unless you surgically go in there and change it, right? So, but what we can do is we can change the tension we can change the neurological signal to, <clears throat> to say, hey, muscle, here's how much you should be turned on, let's say. Or here's where the cross bridges of these muscle proteins, actin and myosin, here's, here's where these cross bridges should rest. Okay, so we're, I don't want to get too much into the weeds. This can get a little boring. So all that to say, here's why this is important. Here's why this is relevant. 
there's a time to stretch. And there's a time where people should not stretch. And that time is when your resting length or this uh, length tension relationship is in a position where there's not enough neurological signal to a, to a muscle. In other words, those cross bridges aren't lined up where it's optimal. Okay, we see this with hypermobile people, or we see this with certain, certain joints, let's say, or specific joints where um, the resting length of the muscle puts that joint in an excessively mobile state. So here's an example, okay? So I get an athlete who comes in, they're complaining of knee pain or hip pain, and I do these length tension relationship tests, right? I put them on my assessment table and I take a look. I use the Thomas test to, to see what's going on with their quads and hip flexors. Where's their body naturally holding tension? Where is it not holding tension? And by that, I mean either too much or not enough. And I can tell based off joint angles whether mm, this is probably pretty good, this isn't a red flag, or ooh, that knee cannot rest at close to 90 degrees. It's like the leg's almost straight. Okay, we've got way too much neurological signal going through those two joint hip flexors or one joint hip flexors whatever the case may be, depending on whether their hip is causing the leg to elevate up off the table or whether the, that knee can't relax to 90, okay? So what do we do then? Well, we force those muscles to kind of relax a little bit. We reduce that neurological tension, then we stretch, boom, that pain signal shuts off, right? Like I'm not treating the pain, I'm looking at what's the, what's the movement dysfunction here. There's too much tension. Let's address that, okay? That's like nine times out of 10 what I see. And so because of that, it's just built into the industry. It's baked into the cake. Oh, everybody needs to stretch when they feel pain. Obviously, if there's pain, it's coming from this position where it's too short. There's too much tension. We've got to release that tension. We've got to return the muscle to its optimal resting length. Let's stretch it out, okay? That one time out of 10 though, and this is where things get really exciting for me because I don't get to see it as often. And when I do, uh, you know, it's crazy because I usually end up uh, educating this athlete and it blows their mind because what have they been doing? They've been stretching, they come in, they're hypermobile. I put them on the assessment table. We like So I just had uh, a high school track athlete. She also plays soccer. Um, phenomenal athlete, works really hard. And we're, you know, three quarters of the way or, or almost to the end of our track season. And everything hurts, right? Quads are, in, are sore, specifically getting into that Achilles tendon. Um, quads are sore, everything hurts. So she comes in, she goes, coach, I'm tight everywhere. Everything hurts because she's been told if something hurts, you need to stretch it. So if you need to stretch it, it must mean it's tight, right? It's short, it's contracted. So she thinks, oh no, we're gonna have to like 
do some digging, we're gonna have to do some rolling, it's gonna be really painful because that's what all of her friends have told her is what I do and what will happen here at the office. It's gonna be painful because we're gonna have to dig in and force that signal to kind of quiet down. I do active hamstring uh, length test, so active straight leg raise. Both sides, she's past 90 degrees. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. This is, this is what most would, con would consider optimal or even slightly past optimal length, okay? So her hamstrings aren't short. Most people who come in, they've got hamstring pain, back pain. I put them through this test and you know, they're getting 45 degrees, they're getting 50 degrees, 70 degrees. They're nowhere near 90 degrees of, of hip flexion. So I know, okay, there's something going on here, okay? So she's like, not off the charts, but she's way past optimal, okay? So then I take her through Thomas test. Okay, so I wanna know what's going on with her hip flexors. And she can pull her leg and up to her chest, right? So she's laying on her back on the table. One leg is, is relaxed and resting off the edge of the table. The other leg, she's pulled up to her chest. She can get her knee all the way to her shoulder. I mean, we're talking like hip flexion, like you wouldn't believe, okay? And she's just chilling there. She's relaxed, knees touching her shoulder. She's like all the way compressed against her chest. Her other leg is hanging below parallel with the table, okay? So her left knee, right? So if she's hugging her right knee, her left knee is below parallel with the table, which means she's got tons of range of motion on this right leg and tons of range of motion on that left leg way, way beyond optimal, okay? So in that position, I'd like to see the leg pulled up as high as we can get, and then that other leg resting like parallel with the table, that knee resting at about 90 degrees of flexion, okay? So it's just, we're, we're past optimal, okay? Hypermobile, you could say. Okay, so then I check ankle mobility seeing what's going on with dorsiflexion specifically. And I do two different tests for this. So I wanna check like more of a, a, where she's prone, she's laying on her stomach. And then the shin, we try to get that vertical. So she's got knee bent, shin's vertical, and then she's gonna dorsiflex her ankle so I can take a measurement there. And a lot of people say like 20 degrees of dorsiflexion, like that's, that's normal right? That's good. That's a good range. Um, and I'm measuring like 40, 50 plus percent degrees of dorsiflexion. Like that ankle is hypermobile into dorsiflexion. So most people struggle with that. Like dorsiflexion tends to be a big problem because most people have really tight calves, not excessively long and loose calves or less tense calves, let's say. So then I put her up into this other test where I I've got her in a split kneeling position, her foot's up against the wall, and I'm just having her keep her foot flat, but push the knee to the wall. Boom, super easy, knee touches the wall. So I take a four inch block, put it in between her foot and the wall, boom, knee touches the wall. I add in another two inch block. She can almost get to the wall. So with her foot flat, her knees can go past her toes almost a full six inches before that heel starts to elevate. 
So we do the measurements on that and it's basically the same thing. We're just getting tons of ankle dorsiflexion range of motion. So um, I'm looking at all these tests and I'm like, hey, <laughs> so you think that you think the problem is that you're too tight? And she goes, oh, by the way, I can do the splits. I'm like, like you could do them right now? She's like, yeah, I can do them. I can, I can do them. But I'm tight everywhere. Everything hurts. So if somebody comes up to you and they are exhibiting these sorts of issues, right? So as a pr practitioner, right? So my buddy Ambrose, my mentor, who taught me most of these concepts and really made them uh, practical for me. Um, I mean, I, I learned them in, in grad school, I learned them in undergrad, but being able to, to actually take the concept and apply it in, in real time and make a neurological change in real time, he taught me all that. We've been talking quite a bit lately about the difference between a practitioner and just somebody, somebody in the industry and the differences between using science and using these evaluations, using these tests to solve problems instead of just, uh, okay, your, your, your calves hurt a little bit here. Okay. Um, feeling it into that Achilles tendon. Okay. Uh, I'm going to consult my textbook and then I'm going to print off about three different stretches for you to do. And I'm going to send you home and you just need to do these stretches because you know, that's not a practitioner. A practitioner is going to look through or is going to run the gamut of assessments to figure out okay what's the issue here oh we're excessively mobile okay well then stretching is going to reinforce the problem it's going to continue down this road and there's going to be no change there's going to be no benefit she's hypermobile she's on this end of the spectrum if mobility is way down here then stability is way the other way and the further that we go down this mobility route the further we get from stability and as an athlete you know there's a there's a range where we want to be where we're kind of getting the best of both worlds right so if somebody comes to me and they're struggling with mobility issues and and the pain uh, is associated with that then they're probably excessively stable um, and that can be a little bit of a, of a confusing term because uh, sometimes the tension, it's just too tense. So we, I say stability and mobility spectrum, but just because the muscle is extremely tense doesn't mean that you're stable. Um, anyway, all that to say, she's on this end of the spectrum where she's hypermobile and excessively, uh, excessively mobile. And so for her body to try to generate the appropriate amount of force and absorb force as she lands, right? So she's running, um, she's doing, you know, long sprints and middle distance. And the amount of force that her body has to absorb every time she lands and then be able to recycle that and apply that force, right? It's her body can't do it because of these length tension relationships. When she makes contact with the ground, her muscles aren't, aren't resting or aren't actively at a length that allows them to absorb optimal levels of force and then reapply that or generate optimal levels of force. So 
when she lands, instead of this range of motion where her foot makes contact with the ground, the ankle is probably in slight plantar flexion, there's this absorption where the ankle shifts into dorsiflexion and then we reapply force and then it goes back into plantar flexion. All of those angles are way off for her. And so the calves can't absorb force because they're in a, in a state that's too long or not tense enough. And so what does her body do? Well, the tendon, the Achilles tendon's like, oh, well, I guess I've got to pick up the slack. The muscle's not there to absorb the force. So eventually the tendon's like, okay, well, I guess this is my job. Which is why she's having all these calf issues, why she feels pain and soreness, and it's all in, in that tendon. So luckily we were able to catch it when we did um, so that we can start making some changes. So all that to say, there's a time to stretch. And the time to stretch is when you've done these assessments and you know for a fact that the muscle is holding too much tension and it's not allowing these joints to be, at, uh, to be able to get into optimal ranges of motion or when the resting length and tension relationship is not ideal. That's when you stretch. When you don't stretch is when you're way past these optimal ranges of motion or when these resting or active length tension relationships um, are not ideal. The only way you can do that is to get a practitioner who can assess these things and then who can make the appropriate changes. Guess what we didn't do for her here at the office? We didn't stretch, right? We have to do the opposite. We've got to get those muscles to shorten, to fire. We've got to get that neurological signal sent to all these places saying, hey, we're like resting at a length that's way too long. We gotta, we gotta rest in a shorter length. So when she's just standing there, right? She's just standing in a resting position. Her knees, instead of like holding a little bit of tension, they're going into complete lockout in, in the screw home mechanism of the knee joint is coming into play. So her knees are actually sitting behind her hips and behind her ankles. So if she's just standing straight up and I draw a line, hip straight down to ankle, her knees are sitting behind that, not on that line, or not even slightly in front of that line. So that's a major problem. So all that to say, if there's, if there's nothing uh, that made sense today from, from what I've said, please understand this. Just because something hurts doesn't mean you should stretch it. In fact, you may need to do the opposite of that. You may, you may need to shorten it. You may need to do some strength training. You may need to load those muscles in a way that gets some neurological activation to those specific muscles around those joints so that we can generate a training adaptation that says, hey, we've got to get away from this end of range of motion rest position, right? So it's like the body's passively holding this resting state because it's in this locked out full range of motion position. And uh, that's no bueno. It's not good. So um, if y'all want to see kind of what I'm talking about, I'm posting uh, my post. This will be Friday that this goes up. My post from Tuesday on Instagram um, 
will show these assessment pictures. So where you get to see the angles, you can see like, okay, this is excessive, what do we do? And so I'll be documenting some of that as well as some of the exercises and, uh, and training stimulus, stimuli for this specific athlete to make these changes. So like you can't go with this cookie cutter approach to training athletes. Um, every single athlete who comes in is a blank slate or a blank canvas. And I've got to figure out what's going on and then tailor it directly to them. There's no, uh, oh, here's my program for youth soccer athletes. Here's my program for youth track sprinters. Here's my program for adult marathoners. Here's my program for adult sprint triathletes. Here's my program for adult Ironman. Can't do it. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Our bodies are too uh, variable. And there's times where I'll have to address an athlete's problems because they're short somewhere, or they're holding too much tension somewhere. And then six months later, because of their training adaptations, maybe we have to do the exact opposite, right? So there's times where we need to release tension and there's times where we need to generate tension and, and get the body to be trained to maintain more tension. So these things fluctuate, but in general, um, if you're hypermobile and people tend to know, people tend like, you know you're pretty flexible. If you're pretty flexible, you probably shouldn't do a lot of stretching. You probably should work a little bit more towards that stability end of the spectrum, not that mobility end of the spectrum, right? So if you, if all you do is yoga, it's probably time to start working in some strength training and some uh, joint stability exercises, right? On the other end, if you're a power lifter, you should probably work in some sort of mobility exercises like some yoga just to get some balance, right? The, the end goal for both people should be optimal levels of both. And that's gonna be a little different for everybody, right? If all you wanna do is yoga, then trying to become a power lifter is probably not gonna be fun for you, right? It's not gonna be beneficial. So whatever your goals are, I completely understand. Roll with that. However, please don't assume that stretching is uh, <laughs> should be the first tool that you pull out of your toolbox. It's just not always the case. And it may be exactly what you need to do. But until you assess, until you know for sure, don't just throw that out there. Because for this athlete, that's what she was told to do. Over and over and over again, repeatedly. From multiple people, from multiple uh, professionals. And... It's just reinforcing the problem. It's gonna perpetuate these issues. So, yeah. So, thanks for watching and listening. Please stay tuned for next week's episode. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, a new friend of mine um, who I met uh, via my good buddy Mandy, and we're gonna talk about a lot of really cool things. Uh, gut microbiome for athletes, um, differences between dietitians and sport nutritionists and uh, where they overlap, where they don't overlap. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. She's, she's pretty awesome. So 
Um, stay tuned for next week. And as always, thanks for watching and listening. And y'all have a good one. And don't just stretch if something hurts. Come see me or go see Ambrose or find a practitioner who's going to assess you correctly and then apply the appropriate stimulus after that. Adios.